Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about the dangers of the internet, especially if it's making your teen a different person. Let's listen in. Mark, you know that the internet has brought so much to our lives. I mean, great things. You, know, you and I use the internet <laughs> every is. day. It is, but it has brought so many bad yeah, things to I know. kids. You know, yeah. and you kind of go, okay, is there a downside? And I go, you know what? There is a downside. And, and parents need to be aware of that as we uh, all learn about this new technology that wasn't there 20 years ago. And as we begin to see our kids engage with one another, utilizing that technology, we know how to compare uh, the, our communication styles to the time that we would be on the phone all the mm-hmm. time talking or writing letters. Yeah, or reality situations. Yeah, real discussions and uh-huh. talking to people. Are these kids today, I mean, between texting and, and emails and everything else, that has been their soul opportunity to communicate, and so they're limited to that, and it causes a few problems that we're going to talk about today. Well, what is going on when teens want to create almost another whole identity of who they are, or at least, you know, uh, create this uh, this illusion that I'm perfect in every way? And... Yeah, or this image that is somewhat different than what mom and dad know about. Yeah. I mean, a lot of parents out there are going, now, wait a minute, I've looked at what my child is saying <laughs> In her text messages, I've seen the images that other kids have sent to them. I have listened to her on the phone talking. I hear language I'm not so sure I'm yeah. supportive of. I see their Facebook or, or MySpace page, and it. I'm a little concerned because I'm seeing somebody different from who I know at home. You know, it is all about image for kids, but there's two things that are happening today I think that's a little bit different. One is that is that I can communicate uh, those things a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Now, I was, I was pretty vain in junior high and high school. I would spend an hour getting my hair ready and <laughs> stuff like that. But but you know what? I mean, now you, you can communicate anything just quickly. I it's had, instantaneous. It's instantaneous. And the other part is, you know, back 20 or 30 years ago, you didn't have to go to the extremes that this culture allows people to go to now to get attention of other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, what if my teen is a different person online? Teens want to be recognized, don't they? They do. And the internet gives them like the perfect opportunity. They do, you know, and it's the opportunity for them to show themselves in the way that they would like to be seen. And, and there's times that I go, that's nothing abnormal as a teen. The problem's not so much that a teen has the desire to do that as much as it is what the culture demands that a child present themselves as, you know, in that image that comes across. The definition of what a real man is anymore is far different than what it was 20 years ago, you know, in a lot of kids' eyes. And so kids project images. They use language that's a little bit different than perhaps how you and I would communicate. They say things. They talk about things. Well, that, they've developed their own code. Oh, it is. <laughs> you know, and they, and they talk about things that we would have 
never talked about back then. It's been a pretty open society. So in that open cultural society that they grow up in, the sexual aspect of things become a little bit more open as well. And so it's displayed in images. Now, it used to be only a few geeks had cameras, and I was one of those growing up. But I was always taking pictures from little Browning cameras yeah. and, and the little Kodak Instamatic things. They were, they were hard to upload, though, weren't they? They were. You could, you know, and, and who's ever heard of film anymore? You know, and, and now kids have cameras on phones. They have those little cameras they carry with them. They're Mm -hmm. always taking pictures of themselves and posting those things. And so that's a kind of a natural response to the internet and the electronics that are available to them. But that standard that is out there that you need to present yourself this way or that way sometimes pushes kids to portray something that's inappropriate, that's, that's lying just a little bit, stretching the truth, exaggerating, or saying things that they wouldn't normally say in hopes of getting attention that they're not going to get any other way. So we need to monitor this as parents. I mean, it can be innocent too, right? I mean, posting a picture on the internet's not bad. No, it's not bad. But I mean, there's girls now because of the influence of of the pornography and the and the sexual nature of that culture that they'll send pictures of themselves to other people or they'll post them on some of these sites. And, you know, what you put on the internet stays on the internet. You don't get rid of that, and kids don't realize that. So you have to count the consequences. You really do. You have to say somewhere along the line, sweetheart, this isn't something that you want to post. And so so I think there's a a natural response that kids want to do that. And and people are always a little bit cooler online. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I've got a Facebook page and I'm up there. You know, I didn't pick the ugliest picture of me and put up there. I put a picture up there of me four or five years ago before I grayed up, you know, and people always write and go, man, that's a great looking picture. And then when they see me, they say, man, you've gotten old. We and all want to look good. We do. We And, and I want to tell parents, every one of us wants to look good. And your child does too. But we're caught in a culture that has, that has changed the standard of the definition of what looks good. Okay. But when they cross that line and they are involved in posting pictures they shouldn't be posting or telling stories or interacting with others in a way that they shouldn't, when they cross that line, when do we step in as parents? Well, you know, I think we as parents look at it as... As our parents did of old when they said, well, would you ever read your child's diary? Hmm. Well, that was just one little thing that was locked up in their room. And Mm -hmm. I used to tell parents all the time, don't read their diary. But now kids are on the Internet. It's public knowledge. Anything can be cut and pasted and sent off to somebody else. They blog about things. They give inappropriate information and sometimes too much information. And then they just have discussions, one-line discussions that that are a little bit odd and different. And, and parents are kind of stuck looking at that going, okay, what do I do? You know what? You've got to change your policy about reading what they're writing. If you were raised to never read somebody's diary, I would tell you now, you read everything you can. Mm-hmm. And perhaps you let your child know at age 18, I don't have to have passwords. I will not look at what you post up on the Internet. I won't do those things. But but I hope that that you learn between now and the time that you leave home that we have some standards, and I just want you to be truthful. I'm taking it that you don't advise parents to pull the plug altogether. I don't. You know, Facebook, 
MySpace, uh, cell phones, texting, all those things are going to be around and you're not going to change them. If you wanted to, you're not going to change them. You know, we always said that seventh grade kids should never have cell phones. (laughs) There was a time that we said that seniors should never have cell phones. There was a time that the only people that had cell phones were high executives. And who would have ever thought that now third graders have cell phones talking to mommy and daddy? There are billions of them now. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. And so I go, we're not going to get rid of those things. And so what we have to do is learn how to manage them in such a way that we're doing something good with our kids and helping them kind of wade through those waters a little bit. Do you announce to your teen, I know you have a Facebook page or a MySpace page. I'm going to visit that once in a while. It is. And you require that that if they're going to use the computers at home and everything else, that you are a friend or you are one who can get on and look at what's being said. They can't block you in any way. that's, That's not acceptable. Well, that's what I would tell them. Absolutely. We're not. And I would also let them know everything that happens on our computer, I'm going to be looking at. And that goes into purchasing some software that you can put on your computer and, and see where they've been, mm-hmm. that they can't delete. And, and at the same time, looking at their history and playing it smart. Yeah, and, it's and, unacceptable to erase that history. It is. And just say, you know what? I just want you to put your computer's out in the main room where everybody can watch them and, and leave it at that. So in some extreme cases, do you limit their use of Facebook and MySpace and Well, all the I rest? think so. I mean, if all your guidelines and boundaries that you're setting up are not working, I mean, you can either poke their eyes out or get rid of the computer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and I go... Those are extreme cases. And there and there's times that parents say, you know, the only thing I can do to get them to quit is to do something extreme. Get rid of their cell phone, get rid of the computer, not allow them to see anymore. But you know what? It's they're going to find someplace else to use it. And so you've yeah. got to learn to manage it at home. Nobody cares more about their teen than moms. But even moms can get discouraged and distracted when watching their teen go through those difficult adolescent years. You can feel alone and helpless, unable to know how to encourage your teen. It can get hard to trust God's goodness in the midst of such hard times. Mark Gregston knows the feeling. That's why he wrote Prayers for My Teen. It's a book of prayers and devotionals to help moms keep their eyes on God and their hearts uplifted, even when your teen is struggling. Prayers for My Teen is a great addition to your purse, bedside, glove compartment, or desk drawer as a simple way of reminding you of God's faithfulness to you and love for your family. Get your copy of Prayers for My Teen at parentingteenresources.org. And speaking of the internet, let's go to our email box here, and uh, you get hundreds of these emails from listeners and parents. And we, we do. Can... It's it's the good side of the internet. Yeah, that we get right. to provide some help for folks who who write in. Yep, our webpage, parentingtodaysteens.org. Well, this is a little longer, but uh, it fits right into our it theme does. today. Uh, my daughter, for the past two years, has been caught on the internet writing lewd sexual stories, posting sexual comments chatting in chat rooms with other teenagers and men in an inappropriate manner, also giving out her home address and cell phone number to these people. Mm. She's been grounded numerous times, tearfully swears it won't happen again, but just this week, guess what? She was caught at a friend's house on the Internet where she posted her address and phone number on the site. She admits to kissing boys, but nothing else. She states she might be a lesbian, but might not. 
we are a Christian home, but she says she does not accept our beliefs. We don't allow her to go anywhere or do anything anymore. But the second she's let loose, she does something inappropriate or dangerous. But through all this, she makes straight A's. She also texted her friend that she would not be surprised if I hit her. I've never even spanked her since she was five or six. She also told her dad, and we're divorced, that she would call Child Protective Services and tell him he had done something. We don't know what to do. Please help. Isn't this an amazing story? Yes. I mean, I, and I would look and say, you know what? This is our culture. Yeah. That How gives. many times has this been repeated? Oh, I know. I mean, I, I can I can tell anybody who's listening that that out of 100 emails and phone calls that we get a day, I bet you 25 or 30 of them really? are just like that many? this. It is absolutely amazing. And I, I'd like to break this down just a little bit because I think it might give, there may be a number of answers okay. to a myriad of questions that's asked in this. Yeah, let's take the time to do that. One, when she begins to say that my daughter for the past two years has been caught in internet sexual stories, sexual comments, chatting in rooms with other teenagers, other men, giving out, you know what? She's looking for attention somewhere. Okay, now I'm not going to get into the fact that this lady says she's divorced and there's not a dad living at home, but I can't help but put two and two together sometimes that sometimes young ladies want to have a connection with men because they don't have a connection around their home with anybody else. And so you do what you have to do to get that attention from some other guy out there. And if I can't get people around me to listen to me because they really know me, then I'm going to make up stories and create an image so that I at least get a response. And the mindset, however wrong it is, is that bad attention is sometimes it's, better than no it's attention. something, right. And so that's the, the motive behind what this child is doing is there for a reason. You know, and the fact that she keeps going back to this over and over again after she's been grounded and after she's had problems and struggling through things is probably because it is the only place that she is socially interacting. You know, and so the first tendency that every parent has is is when they see their child doing something inappropriate like that, they take away everything. And you look at this comment, we don't let her go anywhere or do anything anymore. And what they're doing is fueling this child's lack of social She's interaction. going to break out somewhere. That's right, to be fueled back on the internet. And so when she goes over to a friend's house and spends time with her, she wants to socially interact. And what she has learned is how you do that and how you get the most attention is to get on the internet. There's a bigger issue going on here than the sexual stories and the comments and the chat rooms with other teens and men and, and the lewd stories. There is something that is fueling that. And to think that we're just going to ground a child and that's going to stop. It's almost like if we think that there's an absence of sin, then everything's fine. We're wrong. There needs to be the absence of sin and the presence mm -hmm. of a walk that is moving in a positive direction. And that's what I need to focus on. And that's what I would tell this mom that's written in. We don't know the age of this teenager. I get the sense that she's a younger teen. Right. But she doesn't know how much danger she's in, giving oh, she out doesn't. her cell phone number oh, and her I address. I know. I'm going, they don't really pick that up because there's plenty of people out there that will start calling or even coming by. Mm -hmm. the, the, the girl shows her confusion just a little bit when she says she doesn't know whether she's a lesbian or not. Yeah. And I go... How, how common is that with you? Yeah. Them? Where does that come from? You know, and, and it's because it's on the internet. It is out there as a... Uh, with girls and girls as a same-sex relationship becomes something that is that is very permissible in this society, in this culture 
I'm saying it's wrong. Just because I'm saying it's permissible by somebody else doesn't mean I'm in agreement with it. But it's permissible, it's allowed, and you see it. These kids see it all the time. And so they begin to question those things. And, mm-hmm. and sure, that is fueled on the Internet. I mean, just as moms and dads go to get information about medical issues on the Internet and to find new ways of finding out about things, kids are finding out about new things there also. You know, we've talked about uh, computers and the Internet, but cell phones and texting, uh, it's a little different in the sense that it isn't quite as easy to look over their shoulder, is it? Oh, it's not, and you and you really can't. I mean, there's some phone companies that you can pay an extra charge and see, you know, where they're texting to. Right. But, you know, the average for most kids texting today is you know, 100 to 200 times a day. So a mom and dad may say, well, that's all she does is spend time on her phone. That's all he does is texting people. Well, let me tell you, that's their connection Mm -hmm. to their group of friends somewhere. And you can eliminate it if you want, but your child will find another way to communicate. How about a texting diet? You know, you're given so many minutes a a month and that's it. I, I, I wish it was that way. It becomes easier and easier for kids to text and, and to, uh, I mean, there's unlimited minutes that they can call. There is no law. I wish there was. I wish they had to put a quarter in the <laughs> cell phone for every time they sent a text or something. They would, they would make them a little bit longer. They wouldn't spend as much time mm-hmm. doing that. But because it's unleashed and unbridled and there's nothing holding them back, you know, you, you just can't stop. They're consumed. So maybe you have no reason to be concerned about what they might be texting. But when you get the monthly bill, look at it. And if there's just an abnormal amount, you know, maybe it, it prompts a conversation at it least, does, right? It does, you know. And, and I would say it prompts a conversation to say, sweetheart, I, I can't take away the phone because that's not only your connection with others, but it's a connection with us. And I can't eliminate you from the world out there. I don't want to do that. It's almost like because you're not socially engaging with people, you know, at school, you're engaging with them on the internet. So now what I'm going to do is force you to continue to do that on the internet by not allowing you to be involved in outside activities. I need to give my child the opportunity to have discussion with me and see how deep this is. The fact they want to project themselves as something different, there's not a whole lot wrong with that. The problem comes when the, the the level that they go to to project an image that is totally against what we have raised them and taught them to believe in. Another term that parents need to be aware of is sexting when they email pictures, elude pictures of right. themselves to each other. And it's so inappropriate, it's obvious, but we just need to alert parents that that's, that's going on yeah. and we need to be on the watch, watch for those that. Watch those pictures. Yeah. Well, we've had uh, quite a conversation here today about when our teen is a different person online, but let's uh, let's kind of wrap it up with your final thoughts here. You know, Mark. one of the thoughts is is that, you know, when you're dealt lemons, make lemonade, <laughs> you know, and, and I have all these downsides of the internet that we talk about, and so I look at those as a lot of lemons, but I go, you know, let me spend some time with my child and begin to look with them and have discussions and talk about things in such a way that it helps them manage this new challenge that they have before them as well. And one of those challenges is, you know, how do I maintain what I know to be true in a world that is surrounded by falsehood? Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, 
please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.